don't even know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to part two of the weekly recap. Guys, I could not clean up the audio enough, so I'm just re-recording this little bit for you all for today. So a little bonus Tuesday episode from 66 Harborview Road. So I left off with Trina visiting Ava. So Trina and Joss also had a run-in with the new cop Rory in the yoga studio at the gym. While Jocelyn left the two alone to flirt, Esme overheard Trina and Rory. When he leaves, Jocelyn doubles down with Trina on finding proof that Esme made the sex tape. Esme then receives what I thought was a new letter from Maggie, and it says that Esme is not pursuing her father, so is it not Ryan? Or did Esme lie to this Maggie person? Esme ends up in Kelly's, where Cam and Spencer are working. Their plan is to go through Esme's stuff, so Spencer leaves and Cameron keeps Esme distracted until Jocelyn and Trina come in. And that, my friends, was excellent. Esme's fake tears and continuing to blame Trina outright is just so deranged. But Cameron handled it well, I think, agreeing to disagree with Jocelyn until this is over. I mean, I just hope it doesn't tear them apart. Esme does end up catching Spencer going through her bedroom, and he had some really great scenes with her, especially questioning the letter. He avoids having a romp in the sack with her by saying that they should wait until they're completely on track again, and she kind of believes it. Some standout lines during all of the teen scenes were Esme saying it's complete rubbish that she would have anything to do with this, and Jocelyn yelling at her to get her tentacles off of Cameron. (laughs) This is when Trina left Kelly's to go see Ava, and Spencer left Spoon Island to go see Britt. The scenes with Britt got a little intense once she finds out that this drug is serious and habit-forming upon other things. Spencer gets in her face about relationships when he's sitting here knowing that Esme is not taking these pills recreationally, so now him and Britt are on the outs because she's showing genuine concern thinking Esme is on pills. Too bad she didn't see any signs in Sasha Gilmore, though, right? (laughs) So Spencer's father approaches Sonny and Laura outside Kelly's, and this is as Sonny is reminiscing about thoughts of Jason. So he tells Laura that Monica is having Jason legally declared dead, and Nicholas walks up calling Sonny a bully, and Sonny goes off, telling Nicholas while he believes Esme's innocent act, she's done something horrible, and Nicholas is an idiot. (laughs) That scene was so great. And just when uh, Sonny was walking away, Nicholas tried to put a hand on his shoulder. And man, I've never seen Sonny turn around so fast. (laughs) Like, Nicholas, remember who Sonny is. (laughs) And just as this is happening, Martin Gray walks up and he's meeting Laura. And Nicholas has to go and tattle on Sonny. (laughs) Like, nothing comes of it, of course. But I'm glad that Sonny is at least on the right side of the sex tape scandal. Now, where it got interesting with Esme was when she returned to Spring Ridge for her internship. Ryan Chamberlain still pretending to be locked in, and Esme distracted the orderly, and when he left the room, Ryan says he's back in full fighting form. So that means he is ready to rumble, folks. Like, he, he wants to go after everybody. He wants his plan to move forward, and he wants it to move forward quickly. But... What was interesting in this conversation was Esme saying that she would totally turn him in if it suits her. And then Ryan says that Esme reminds him of her mother. So it's gotta be Heather Weber, right? 
I mean, who else has such self-preservation? It's got to be Heather. I can't imagine that she was like somehow Felicia's daughter. I mean, I can see where that would come in, seeing as Mac and Felicia are talking about a baby and Esme's a full-grown adult and she, you know, it's a mystery who her mom is, but I, I don't want it to go that way because I think it's very silly. I think it makes more sense that Heather would be her mom. Ryan also says that they should get revenge on every single person that hurt them, and we get an awesome flashback of Ryan and Felicia from, like, 1992. I loved it. But you guys know I love a good flashback. So, moving to the other side of the canvas with Liz and Finn, after Sonny bent Nicholas's wrist back, he goes to GH where Finn was on the phone with Liz. And Liz told Finn that she was going to stay at Windermere, but when he brings it up with Nicholas, Nick has no idea what he's talking about, but he says Liz is welcome anytime. So Finn calls Ava to get confirmation that Liz is in fact not staying on Spoon Island, but instead Liz is at her house with a medium, who actually I really liked. I hope we see more of this medium, not just because Liz is going to call her with Franco questions, but just in general, I think she's kind of a cool character. So this is also when Laura arrived at GH, and I guess she went there to talk to Finn about Liz because her and Martin were discussing Lucy and the medium stuff. So once Laura and Finn have that discussion, they kind of put it together that Liz is at her house with a medium. So that's where they go. The medium seemed to have channeled Franco, but how can we be sure? She never actually said, like, yes, this is Franco. Liz just assumed it was, and he was talking about painting and all of that, so we are all assuming that it was Franco. She also said that there was a dark energy who doesn't like Liz making a new family, and I want to know if that was separate from the supposed Franco, or is Franco the dark presence? We'll never know, (laughs) at least not right away, because Finn showed up just in time to ruin the channeling, And Liz is a little upset that he doesn't quite believe her. The medium even got in Finn's face when he called her a fraud. This is getting a little more interesting for me. It's still very, very slow, but I'm still in it. I'm still here with it. I'm here for Elizabeth. On the ELQ side of Port Charles, we have Drew and Michael talking to Ned about the merger between ELQ and Aurora. And honestly, I'm kind of on Ned's side. He thinks he's being pushed out, and he's not wrong. I'm wondering if he's going to recruit Austin to help with this because that would be wild. And as him and Olivia are getting Leo ready for the art fair in Rice Plaza, BLQ makes an entrance and tries to talk to Ned into being for the merger. But Ned feels like Michael got to her. And I mean, that's kind of true. Michael did tell Brooklyn, hey, can you try and smooth things over with your dad? And she said yes. But she's also really heavily involved in deception. So she's not on ELQ's radar right now, or I guess I should say ELQ is not on her radar. So she's going into this thinking, well, Michael's my cousin. He has the best of intentions. Like, why would he ever do anything to hurt ELQ? And Ned is looking at it as, this is my job. This is my family's legacy. I want to stay involved. How can I stay involved if two other members of my family want to do a merger that would essentially push me out of the company? Like, I can really see both sides. And of course, for Drew, it is very beneficial because right now he doesn't have a whole lot. After he gets a hold of Scout's voting shares, they're still not his shares, they're Scout's. 
So I don't really know what what Drew has. I mean, I guess that's why he's staying at the Quartermains, because he doesn't have a whole lot to his name right now, and he's trying to build that up. So the art fair is the place to be. Drew is there for Scout, Sunny is there for Donna and Avery, I guess, and Sunny wants to recruit Drew to lobby for him with Michael. Drew gets into it about the merger, and Sunny doesn't want Michael going up against Valentine alone and wants to be involved, but Drew says no. I did really like that Drew pointed out, even though you're fighting with Michael, you still want to help him. Well, yes, because that's a parent. You know what I mean? Like, that's family. That's, that's just how it goes. Michael is being very overdramatic about the situation with Nina. I understand it, and I understand if you want to keep distance from your dad and, like, not hang out with him all the time, but to try and just trash him and do what, like, it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I just hope that the Mike side of Sonny, in addition to his need to not want to be erased from the Corinthos name, urges him to do something really good. I think that could be an awesome storyline if instead of crime Sonny was working on, he was working on something really legitimate to improve the city of Port Charles. On the opposite end of the merger, we have Valentine and he meets with Martin at Kelly's to discuss options. This got Valentine thinking that maybe he wants to join forces with Ned. Could you imagine Valentine, Ned, and Austin against Drew, Michael, and I don't even know who else? <laughs> I'm really here for an ELQ storyline. I think it would be cool to include it. I miss when Tracy was involved, but I mean, who doesn't? Olivia and Leo make an appearance in Kelly's and see Valentine and Martin. And Leo and Valentine share a really cute moment. I just love Leo's presence on the show. Like I was saying before, he really makes the characters think and he really makes the characters have to pull out the best qualities in themselves. And the last little bit we had last week was Chet and Terry at the Metro Court Gardens early in the week. I love that they get their insecurities out of the way. It's not a big deal. And then Chet drops the bomb that Amy is his sister. So Terry is looking at him like, you're kidding, right? (laughs) So this might be some light drama for us. And I'm appreciative of that. This is a nice stepping stone for us to really get to know Terry and then get her involved in more stories, stories that are are deeper. Because right now, Terry's just kind of been like an accessory character. We love her. We love her personality. We love everything that she's done so far, but we all want to see more. We all want to know what makes Terry tick. We want to know her deep personality traits. We want to know if there's anything shady in her past or if there's not, you know, we, we, we like the character. So we have a few small stories bubbling up between Chet and Terry, Felicia and Mac, Anna and Valentine's romance, but I like it, and I can't wait to see what happens next. I'll watch it all happen from 66 Harborview Road. You can find me on Twitter at 66 underscore view, Instagram at 66 Harborview Road, and TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road. From the Quartermain Foyer, I bid you a good week.